My guest today is Hannah Parvas. Hannah is the head of growth at Curio. Uh, Curio is a mobile app to listen to audio stories from leading publications like The Wall Street Journal, FT, Wired, etc. With Hannah, we talked about mobile acquisition and especially with Facebook ads. So this is a great episode if you want to learn about B2C app marketing. Um, we also talked about her career and how she was the first marketer at Curio, second hire, and uh, led the growth of the company to a Series A. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Um, her name is Hannah Parvas. Welcome everyone to this uh, new episode of the podcast. Um, today I'm with Anna Parvas, who is uh, head of growth at Curio. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for uh, joining me for this um, new episode, and uh, yeah, thanks really, for, thanks for uh, for taking the time. Um, maybe we can, we can start by uh, you know you having uh, uh, telling telling us a little, a little bit more about yourself. Of course, uh, well. I mean, first things first, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's really nice, uh, nice to be on and nice to catch up with you. Um, so yes, he hello everyone, I'm Hannah. Um, as mentioned, I look after growth for Curio. So in case you hadn't heard of Curio, we're an audio journalism app. So we partner with different publications like the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Washington Post, The Guardian, The Economist, uh, Financial Times, and so on. And then we curate the best of their content and bring it to life through audio. So our goal is really to help people become wiser, more empathetic and fulfilled. And we feel that, you know, learning and sharing these ideas in a super accessible way, you know, through audio can, can really help with that. And then, uh, of course, I mean, in case you hadn't heard of growth, I basically focus on different areas of the user life cycle and the funnel, which need a little little bit of love and uh, kind of just work my way through those. So at the moment, I'm having a huge uh, focus on acquisition. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, the concept of Curio. And, uh, and so do you guys actually have a sort of a uh, do, you, do you record record the audio or just uh, give a tool to the uh, to the media for them to basically do it themselves. Like how, how does it work? Yeah, well, we've actually kind of, I mean, especially since lockdown, we've um, been working on developing um, what, our, what our content team uh, likes to call the, a studio in, in the sky, like a studio in the cloud. So we partner uh, with the publications and curate their content and then pair it with voice actors. So we have a, a, a brilliant uh, network of voice actors who, you know, if we, who we try to pair with you know, a relevant piece of content for them so that, you know, with when you're listening to that piece of content, you're getting uh, the most full experience. So we wouldn't, for example, want to give a piece written by a person of color. We want to make sure that, you know, it's as realistic and, and immersive as possible. I see. Um, awesome. I, I, and, uh, you know, could you tell us maybe a bit more about what you're working on currently? You've had, uh, um, I know you've, you've been with Korea for, uh, for a little while now, but uh, what are kind of your big projects for 2021? Uh, within within Curio or or otherwise? Yeah, I mean um, anything you want you want to talk about <laughs> is fine. Yeah, I mean within Curio, we're I mean constantly looking for for new publication partners uh, to work 
to work with. So we've been uh, fortunate enough to bring on some really new exciting partners like Wired and uh, at the MIT Technology Review recently and Vulture Magazine. So that's been brilliant. Uh, we're also, you know, working on improving the app in every way that we can. So, you know, making the experience for our users as, as brilliant as possible. So, uh, and working out how we can do cross-device listening more, more and more seamlessly. So, you know, what's the experience like on your on your watch uh, versus in your car versus on your home speaker and so on, and making sure all of this, you know, links together, uh, you know, without have you having to have a second thought about it. Mm. Interesting. And uh, do these media actually sell uh, the advertising space uh, and inventory? you know, on your app afterwards? Is that how they make money out of like sort of uh, repurposing their content? So we don't actually have any adverts on Curio. So, you know, we've got two plans. One of them is that you can sign up, you have a free account and you can listen to a limited number of stories for free. But if you want to, you know, access unlimited listening or you want to access a couple of the other features like unlimited downloads, for example, then you can uh, subscribe for, you know, what works out at um, 59.99 per year. So, and that and that gives you access to all of these publications, more than more than 50 publications. Um, we have, you know, different uh, agreements with every publication, which uh, a different team handles. You know, um, but for for the publications themselves, it's a brilliant kind of marketing tool, and it's helping them open up to brand new audiences that they might not never might not ever have been able to access before. So uh, that's really what the publications like about it. And then, you know, you can read along with the, with, the, with the stories that you're listening to and we link back to the publications from within the app and things like this. So yeah, the publications we're getting a lot of really great feedback from too. That's awesome. Um, you've obviously done a great job with uh, Curio and marketing uh, an app. And I know it's a, uh, it's something that uh, you, you've done before as well. Uh, what could you tell to someone who is uh, has never actually started, you know, marketing an app before in a in a B two C context? Let's say, uh, what would you advise them to do, to check out, to learn about? Uh, how would they? How how should they start if they want to do a good job? How should you get started if you're if you're getting into your first position? A marketing position in a in a B2C app. Yeah. Well, I mean, first things first, uh, what I would always say is that you you should be talking to your customers. So if you're, you know, not fortunate enough to be joining somewhere that already has a bit of a, a database, you know, what we want to do is try to prove out, you know, our ideas and and validate things as much as possible so that our so that we can try and remove any decisions that we have and, and just let the data do the deciding for us. So I mean, if you're at the stage where you haven't really got any any users yet that you can reach out to, then you know you can something I've done in the past is literally go out to, you know, the street and <laughs> or to the high street and ask people passing, you know, um, to, to look at some graphics or to look at some uh, app store listings, for example, and ask them, you know, what do what do you think this product does and, and try and get, you know, an understanding of their comprehension of our messaging. So, you know, we can really hustle in that way if, if we're just getting going. If we are fortunate enough to be working with a product that already has a bit of a database, then we can, you know, start to reach out to, to the customers that we have. So, so what do I mean by that? You know, if we're thinking about 
who we should be speaking to. We have to think about uh, what's the business objective that we want to affect. So is it, you know, that we want to improve uh, install to sign up, for example, so or or sign up to taking out a subscription, then we want to look at that that metric and that objective and talk to people on either side of it. So people who have done that and who haven't done that and, you know, understand why why they did or didn't do that, you know, what their anxieties were uh, and, you know, what 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 helped them to make that decision in the first place. And, you know, if they didn't, what did they do instead? So once we start to get this kind of uh, conversation going and we start to build up our understanding of our customers, that will really help us to inform, you know, inform the the decisions that we're making and the copy that we're writing uh, and so on. And then, you know, we can we can we can feed that into to everything that we're doing. So some of the best copy that we've used at Curio and that I've used, you know, in my career as a whole has has directly come from our customers because they're the ones they're the ones that actually know the product the best and know what they want from the product. So yeah, if you're if you're just getting started, I would say talk talk to as many people as you can and 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 make sure that you're keeping open minded and learning from your customers. That's awesome advice. Um, you talked about uh, copy and uh, just before that, like um, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, it's, it's going to depend on basically, basically how much time you have, but would you advise them to have a, like a one-to-one -one meeting or more like just reach out uh, and have some like a few questions by email or is there any kind of uh, thing you'd, you'd prefer to do? Yeah, well, what we want to do is really hear uh, and listen for emotion where possible so that we can we can dig in and delve in a little bit deeper. So if all you can do uh, and all that you know someone will agree to do is, is answer a couple of questions by email, by all means, I think that's great. But if we can uh, get them onto a call or get them onto you know a video call even better so that we can you know have a live conversation and when someone kind of pauses when they're saying something, then you can you can dig in and say, oh, I noticed, you know, you had a little bit of hesitation there. Can you explain uh, what you meant a little bit more? I want to understand. Um, and that's really, you know, where where we're going to get the most exciting kind of learnings from, I think. So if you can, yeah, always, always do kind of a live call and always try and keep it, uh, I mean, one-on-one -on -one or, you know, with just one customer, because if you end up talking to, you know, sometimes focus groups, for example, they, they will, they will influence what, what each other are saying or or sometimes uh they won't feel confident or comfortable saying what they might ordinarily be comfortable saying you know to directly to you um just because because of you know the pressures of being in a group sometimes so if you can have one-on-one -on -one live conversations that's ideal yeah absolutely um yeah so i wanted to talk about um copywriting and you talked about copy and how uh, your users basically feed you great copy that you can use. Uh, and I, I know you're really into performance marketing and, uh, uh, and media buying and campaigns on Facebook, on, uh, uh, on, on social media. Um, could you tell us a bit more about your, your process and how you approach uh, your paid campaigns uh, in general? I know that you, uh, you, know, you start by, by doing these interviews, but what's, what's the next step and how do you kind of set it up in the first place? Definitely. So one of the things that uh, I'm finding a lot of success with at the moment is a creative first approach rather than an audience first approach. So what what I mean by that is, uh, you know, traditionally, I mean, not traditionally, but, you know, over the last couple of years, um, 
you know, we've really been focusing as an industry on, you know, who's the best audience that we're going to reach, like what are the interests we're going to go for uh, and so on. And what we're seeing now, especially with the removal of IDFA, is that we're moving towards more and more automation. So, uh, you know, we're seeing Facebook's automated app ads. Uh, Google obviously had their universal app campaigns for a while, but, you know, these are especially for Facebook, that's their reaction to, to the removal of, of IDFA. Um, so, you know, how can we, how can we leverage that more? So, you know, with automated app ads, for example, and UAC, you can't do any targeting. So how can you maximize your success there? And, and really that's with creatives. Um, so, so when we're thinking about the creatives, you know, we have to think about what are uh, the motivators and barriers that someone has for for using or not using your product so that ties directly back into these customer conversations so once you've had and are starting to have uh, more and more of these conversations what you're going to do is start spotting some uh, themes or trends uh, between the conversations and you know you might see that uh, half, more than half of the people you speak to say a certain thing so you might or 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 say a, or say or say a certain thing about what they don't like uh or you might find out you know motivators are because uh people really like a certain aspect of your app or people are, are worried or anxious about something because they think it's too good to be true i worked at an app previously and all, all that we heard was that you know it's too good to be true so there was a huge trust problem about that and you know you you can take these insights map out what your top motivators and barriers are and then start to create creatives <laughs> create creators around these so you know when we're doing that then we put in three distinctly different uh i mean wh what i would do is put in three distinctly different kind of uh, creative directions so that we can start to explore new territories so maybe something is around trust maybe something is around a specific feature uh you know, with Curio, for example, we did this and we had um, journalism uh, and publications you can trust. We did uh, learn something new every day and we did, uh, um, you know, listen, listen on the go. So like about about being out and about, you know, so three very different things and then run these all together, see which one's working and then start to optimize based on the, the messaging and the creative that's working. So, you know, we're really focusing on what the creative is and what the messaging is here rather than on on who the audience is because you know there's an old saying that says you know everyone everyone can be your customer it's just that people diff anyone can be your customer but different people need different motivations and some people need a little bit more convincing so it's about how can we tap into that yeah i see it's uh, uh you know it's funny because i uh i kind of see the process and how how you would do this and the, the thing that um, I think maybe people are listening and, and, and wondering about is the, the actual uh, creative, how, you, how do you work on it? So the creative design itself. So at the moment we have one creative that we got off, uh, one creative and one piece of messaging that we got off the back of having these conversations with our, with our customers. So that's kind of our control. And then because of that, we have, you know, something that we know works for us. So we can, you know, start to take elements of that and then you know, change the messaging or change what the image is and things like this. So before, before any of that, you know, when we were testing everything to try and find out what worked, uh, I mean, the best thing to do is have, you know, three things that are as similar as possible, but with one distinct difference. So 
when uh, listening on the go and also learning. For example, we had a short uh, 15 second animation. Every single one of these uh, three had the same animation. And then we just had three different lines of copy within the ad. And you know that really gives us a control test of which, which messaging is performing best. And then you, know, you can take that and then take that one that was performing well and make some optimizations on it, create something completely different, but with that messaging involved. And, and then you can start to see and optimize and see what's gonna work. I see. So it's really like building on what's working and, and just, uh, I mean, you don't have like a sort of a, a guideline or a framework that you use uh, and it's really just testing out and seeing what's working and, doub and doubling exactly. down on that. Okay. Yeah. The, fr the framework is really just a test and learn approach. So, uh, you know, taking, taking the, the framework is talking to your customers, finding out motivators and barriers, and then fitting these into, you know, creatives that, that are in a controlled experiment and then optimizing those with, on, on a broad audience. So at Curio, we're really fortunate that because of the nature of the product, it's a worldwide app. So we were able to, you know, target, uh, you know, almost every country in the world. We, we obviously have countries that perform better and perform uh, slightly not so well, but, you know, we're able to, to target everywhere, which means, uh, you know, we've got huge, huge demographics we can, we can market to. If, you know, I was working in a, in a company that was, uh, you know, set in one country or even one city, I would still try to target as broadly as possible there. So I've worked in companies before that have been London only, for example. So what's best and what I found to perform best is targeting then the whole of London without any interests and, you know, seeing what happens then. That's great. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the, uh, the algorithms and uh, especially Facebook and Google, they're getting so good at uh, kind of nailing down the, the target. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. And um, uh you know the i don't know i've i've always uh, found the results of facebook ads especially facebook uh super surprising like when when i'm doing ab testing so i don't know if you if it's the case for you and sometimes it's like you 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 bet on a copy that's going to work and it really doesn't <laughs> and <laughs> you don't bet on another like a whole ad group that you really just like no this is never going to work and it does pick up and you don't know why and uh, does that happen to you often uh it it has happened. Uh, we try and, I mean, obviously we never are going to fully understand exactly why, uh, but this is why, you know, I like to, to do really controlled experiments and just changing one element at a time really so that you can, you can start to see, okay, so, you know, these three failed, but this one worked really well, even though it's the exact same except this line of copy. Um, so, you know, we, we try and, we try and, you know, tend towards having a, a bit more control over over what's going to work and not work. Um, obviously, if we're running a worldwide this with, um, you know, 50 different <laughs> pieces of copy and 50 different images or something like that, it's going to be really hard to tell what's working and what's not. So um, Facebook, for example, says that we shouldn't have more than eight uh, ads in there or eight images, for example. So that, that at least gives us back a little bit of control and and helps us, you know, with our learning and and being able to create more uh, based on what we've learned. Awesome. Uh, I just want to talk one last thing about one last thing, um, you know, concerning uh, performance ads. It's how you manage budgets. How do you, uh, you know, do you have sort of a, 
uh, you just take a limit and say like, I'm going to spend this much every this much uh, much every month. You try to kind of optimize based on uh, the cost per lead. Uh, like, how do you approach managing budget in general? Yeah, so at Curio, we have um, a certain amount outlined that we want to spend each month. And that might be, you know, the same as a previous month or more, depending on, you know, what's what's happening in that month. So, for example, if there's a month that we might think is going to perform very, very well, we might increase what our, what our expected budget is. However, you know, if we, we're starting to see success in a month, we'll also increase that budget ad hoc and uh, you know, just so that we can try and maximize on our success. So what we really optimize for and what our success metrics are is that subscription. Like we, we obviously are an app product, so we care about installs, but, you know, if we get 5 million installs in one subscription, you know, we'd rather have, you know, a hundred installs and a hundred subscriptions. So we're really optimizing for that subscription metric and then trying to improve the product itself uh, as we're going on. Um, so yeah, in terms of budgets, we we try and keep them, you know, sustainable and and scaled. Uh, with we actually have a big concentration on on Facebook and Instagram at the moment. So the majority of it goes there, and then we try and just spend as much as as we can within our within our budget each month. I see. So does that mean that you are focusing more your uh, core investment on uh, retargeting and basically, uh, you know, targeting a sort of a warmer audience or do you do a lot of uh, like pure acquisition uh, uh, with your with your budget? Like what's the kind of the ratio, the mix between uh, uh, retargeting and uh, and sort of cold, uh, you know, uh, outbound? Yes. So at the moment, we really are really only dipping our toes into any kind of brand awareness stuff. So a very small percentage of maybe 1% <laughs> or something of our budgets going on brand awareness campaigns at the moment. The majority is going on uh, developing our audience through app install campaigns. So we're trying out you know, multiple different kind of creative directions constantly uh, within the app install kind of campaign uh, objective, but then optimizing them towards purchases. So, you know, we've got multiple levers that we can pull there. So we can, you know, and especially around geography, but, you know, the main one is creative because, you know, depending on what the creative is, it's gonna be shown to a completely different group of people actually. Um, so we do that and then we do small amounts of retargeting too. So we, um, are fortunate again that we've got a huge uh, catalog of content so we're able to show the stories that we have on curio to two people uh, on facebook ads so to bring them back in so you know relevant stories for them on you know uh, tony morrison or yuval noah harari you know we might show we might show stories uh we have from from those brilliant people uh in our ads okay. Do, do you have uh, other kind of projects right now with content, with the, uh, you know, the sort of more of a branding uh, type of uh, operations uh, with, the, with Curio? Yeah, so, I mean, we're always working on developing our content offering and also working on developing our brand and also, you know, and, and our brand presence. So at the moment, as I mentioned, we've had a couple of brilliant new uh Part, publication partners come on so we're we're working on how to you know push those out at the moment and fit those into our marketing campaigns as a whole we're, we're also just off the back of doing a huge january 
sale actually one of the biggest sales we've ever done and it's really exciting to see you know the inter the interaction on these kinds of things too uh and on top of that we're working on um how we can really reward our reward our customers so what what are the things that we can give our top subscribers and and so on um whether it's different subscriptions to some of the publications that we work with so they can have unlimited access to those or is it merch you know so so that's something i'm very excited about at the moment too great um you i've seen that you have um uh, you've been the first marketer in, in different companies uh and you kind of come in early and uh and go through the, those early stages of setting up everything and all, and all that uh tell us a bit more about that like how do you find it more exciting like uh, what is the uh, what do you enjoy about just being the first marketer out there and uh uh and and doing that work yeah i think um it's a really exciting position to be in you know you're kind of outlining what the the tone of the communication is like how how we're reaching our customers what that relationship uh building is like what the culture of the communication is like and so on and also you know it, it helps i really enjoy being in in small companies and watching them grow you know i've been um the second hire at Curio and, you know, previously very early hires as well and stayed up until we'd got like past a hundred uh, staff and things like that, which has been really exciting watching that growth. Um, I really enjoy working on things where I'm not going to be working on the, the same uh, <laughs> projects two days, two, well, two days in a row is fine, but you know, not week and weeks thing over and over again. So I love the kind of startup mentality of just always being involved in lots of different things and always learning. I think if I'm not feeling uh, a little bit of difficulty in my job and I'm not being challenged, then I'm not learning. So that's that's something that's super exciting uh, for me. Plus, you know, you get to meet such exciting people as well. Like I've loved all of the people I've, I've worked with, uh, especially at Curio. Um, everyone's super, super inspirational and it's just brilliant to be a part of that team. Yeah, that's, that's great. I. Uh... I kind of share that feeling and uh, what, what I want to ask you is like, I, I love working with small companies as well. And it's, I think it's a really special experience. Uh, but don't you have sometimes kind of the idea that, you know, I could be doing this for myself, like, especially when you're, you have, uh, you know, you have so much uh, involvement and you put so much heart and so much uh, of yourself in the project, because in the early days, even if you're an employee, you're, you're basically spending like, so much of uh, yeah of creative energy of your time and uh, you're investing i mean that's that's the only way it works and so you know i don't know uh, do, do you feel like sometimes you're like hey I, I could do this for myself or do you like do you have other other projects uh, on the side like uh, uh you know yeah of course so i mean in terms of you know would i want to start my own kind of product company I mean, potentially something that I might like to do in the future, but, you know, I've just not found something that I would feel so passionate about yet that I would want to start and take on all of that stress for myself. Uh, in terms of working on uh, external projects to Curio, yes, I, I do a lot. So I also work at a consultancy, so I'm working with uh, constantly working with different um, clients from, you know, uh, more kind of like live music to kind of mental health or um, sleep cycles and it, it varies a lot. Um, and then I also do a bunch of mentoring. So I have mentored, uh, over 150 companies over the last couple of years. Um, and a lot of them through a platform called growth mentor, which is just, 
it's brilliant um so you get to talk to people of all different stages and they they kind of come to you with their problems and and work and you work together with them so yeah i mean as i was saying you know i love i love to feel uh, a little bit challenged and I, I love to feel like i'm learning so working and mentoring with those companies too is is something really exciting and I'm, something i'm really super passionate about that's great um i i think that uh, i definitely share your insight when you said uh, uh that you, you didn't find a product through it you were passionate enough to kind of you know put put it uh you know be out there and and just doing that and uh, i i see uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, sometimes if you are really passionate about marketing, you just want to do marketing and uh, that's that's really, you know, you're not interested that much in in, in the, the rest of the um, of the work, you know, and, and you need that, that uh, all that product side if you want to do something, uh, especially startup, uh, exactly. you know, startup wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'd love to just know a little bit more about um, how you learn because I think if you're if you're doing growth, especially, it's uh, it's such a constant uh, change. There are new tools coming up all the time. There are uh, new new tricks, new tactics, uh, new things to to you know to get to know. So, where do you keep yourself uh, informed and uh, up to date with what's going on? Yeah, mostly I keep myself up to date through talking to people. So I'm always talking to people and you know finding out what what they're what. You know their new challenges are and, and making sure then that I am able to help with all of those challenges and through that you know that means I'm doing a lot of research and reading and um, you know especially you know with all of the new IDFA restrictions because of iOS 14.4 uh, you know I've, I've spent a lot of time in different webinars and and I, I was on a panel and you know just general research so you know some sometimes you know something slips through the crack and you you're even taken aback and you think <laughs> like yesterday i found out facebook are removing the like function and moving towards a following function instead and i was like oh gosh i'm so i feel like i'm behind the times <laughs> just for missing that one thing um but yeah i mean i have uh recently been using clubhouse so i've been listening into a bunch of conversations on there i am pretty active on linkedin as well so you know, I'm always clicking on everything I see on there and just reading it and then mostly just talking to people uh, too. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's what I'm doing here. And it's, uh, it's very valuable indeed. <laughs> um, all right, Anna, thank you so much for, for your time. Um, do you have uh, anywhere we could follow you or connect with you online you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear from anyone who's listening. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search my name. Up. I'm actually the only person with my name, Hannah Parvaz. So um, yeah, just drop, drop me a connection there and let me know if there's anything I can help you with in the future. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your time, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to chat.